never know where life is going to take you. Some people know exactly where they want to be and go for it full throttle. Others just stumble upon it organically, and then there are those who just follow their intuition. This is a podcast about reaching your personal best through resilience, motivation, and passion. This is Mark My Words. Hello there, and welcome to a new episode of Mark My Words. And today, I have a really cool guest who is not only going to shower us with a lot of wisdom about podcasting, but she's going to shower me, who even though I have a podcast, I still have a lot to learn. And actually, one of the things that keeps me so motivated and is at the core of what keeps me motivated, I'm taking this from Haley Hayhurst's uh, Instagram. It's uh, a, a quote that you posted, I don't work for money, I work for freedom. And that is something that is at the center of Espresso Podcast Production CEO and founder, Haley Hayhurst's life. And even on our first initial call, I learned a ton from her and really looking forward to learning a lot more, not only about podcasting, but just your path and I get so excited about people that, let's face it, you know, I'm not old, but, you know, I'm in my 40s, and I see people in their early to mid-20s really going after it and, you know, starting up business, and it really inspires me, and I'm going to stop talking so much and say welcome, Haley. It's great to have you here with me today. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited to, you know, talk all about podcasting, my journey, all of that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I have been thinking about this podcast for a while because there's just so much that I still need to learn. And I think there's a lot that people in general need to learn. And let's first jump right into this and learn a little bit about your path because I love exploring people's paths and that's one of the motivations for me even creating this particular podcast is I love learning what motivates people and I know we kind of took the same path as far as like college and Mm -hmm. what we decided to major in and Although you were more of a journalism major than anything, and I was more like a technical person. So what, what, first of all, when you mentioned somewhere along the line about your background, it kind of like a light bulb went off that, hey, I can use my background and combine all my experiences and turn all this into a business. Did you have a passion for media or journalism growing up? Yeah, so I actually, when I was in high school, I did broadcast media. That was when I first got into journalism, really. And so for a high school class, it was weirdly intense. Like our teacher took it so seriously. I went to school in Las Vegas. That's where I grew up. And it was just a lot of work for a high school class. But I was very thankful for that because when I was in college, I decided to go down the same path. So I wanted to be in broadcast media. My first goal was to be a news anchor and just, you know, be on the news and talk about it and all of that. But when I was in broadcast media, I decided maybe that wasn't the path for me. I wasn't really loving like the video editing portion of it. So then I went more into writing And then I ended up just doing print and web media. So that was a lot of social media, a lot of marketing to some sense. And then I did audio production classes as well. So I started a podcast with my friend 
And that's where I really learned all of that in college. That's where I learned all of the skills. But in college, I like to stay super busy, like crazy busy. So my last two semesters there, I was doing two, um, what are they called? Two internships at a time while taking a full course load. And so I interned for some awesome companies like a political party because my minor was in political science. My other minor was in film for who knows why. It was just a fun, <laughs> it was a fun minor. And then I interned for some bigger companies like NPR and UFC. And so that was my last semester in college. I was interning for both while doing a full course load and working full time. It was crazy, but it taught me so many skills. And so really the path that led me to where I am today, starting my own business, Espresso Podcast Production, was I graduated in December 2019. I was working at UFC. That was my last job. And it was awesome. I loved it so much. And I was planning on being hired back. My other plan was to join the Peace Corps. So I had like two visions for my life at that time. And Peace Corps was just really standing out to me. I was like, okay, that's awesome. Like, I can go travel the world. I can go help people. I can go learn another language. I was going to go to Cambodia. But as we all know, three months later, COVID kind of canceled everything. And so I was delayed on Peace Corps. All of my connections, my job connections, like UFC, they were uh, on hiring holds. And so I had nothing going on. I think during the, the year of the pandemic, the most that I did between March and I would say maybe August, September was write one article for NPR, which was amazing. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Over that span of time from going from like such a busy lifestyle to doing one small thing, it was crazy. And so then I decided to move to Seattle from Las Vegas, kind of just on a whim. I had a friend that lived here. She needed a roommate. So we just started rooming together. And then it was kind of funny how I got my first client. It's actually uh, what my very first client was a podcast editing. So she was a podcaster. She needed a podcast editor, which I knew because I had a podcast in college but she was my cousin's cousin. So we kind of knew each other, but not really like maybe once or twice we met at like a family event. And so my cousin, our mutual cousin sent me her post about it. And so I just messaged her. She was like, oh, sure. Like you can edit my podcast. <laughs> and so that was how I got my first client. And then from there, I just got referrals and I was really like a VA and editor, but We'll talk about what I do now, but it's changed a lot since uh, my first client that I signed August, September of 2020. So first of all, something I overlooked when I went on your LinkedIn page like the 10 or 20 times that I did to <laughs> prepare for this episode, and I can't believe I overlooked it. I also minored in political science. Well, Oh, wow. I'm it was public administration, but it, it was very much rooted in political science. And uh, I know over the years, I dreamed about like becoming a lawyer, becoming involved in politics. And let me tell you, after how the past like 20-ish years have turned out, I couldn't be happier that I could not take that path. And yeah. <laughs> Actually, working where I've been working for the past two years, it's like you're around news all the time. And as I told you before we started, I'm going to be leaving that job for another one. I cannot wait to not have to look or listen to news. Like, it's just, it's been way too much. But I just yeah. found that, I found that could be a real interesting similarity there. Yeah, it was awesome. I actually, this is, I don't know if this is good or bad, but the main reason that I did political science was because I wanted to study abroad in college. And so, I mean, there's not many broadcast journalism or writing journalism, especially in countries that aren't predominantly English speaking. And I didn't really want to go to like Ireland or Scotland or somewhere 
you know, like that. And so I ended up going to Prague and there were tons of political science classes there because, you know, they have such like a crazy rich history, communism and just all of these other things that, you know, we don't see here in America. So I just minored in that to first off get credits. And then I just thought it was such a cool experience being able to physically like see and go and visit these places all around Europe that I was learning about from history. So that's the main reason that I did it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can never see myself as a lawyer. I don't think I have that, <laughs> that uh, lifestyle or whatever it is in me. Well, see, I, first of all, I think I did it for the same reasons you did it. That just listening to you because it's like, I thought it would be fun and interesting mm-hmm. and I did that. But I'm also thinking, oh, you know, I'm watching Allie McBeal and practice and stuff like that from back in the day. I'm like, oh, working in law, that's that's fun. Being a lawyer yeah. is fun. It's quirky characters. Yeah, it's not really like that. So if you watch, like, I don't know, C-SPAN or whoever is carrying an actual real court case, it's all very mundane and serious and that's not really me so another (laughs) similarity we have that I didn't mention was when I was in high school a senior or junior in high school the high school I went to had kind of an internship program and so I was being I was able to intern at a local news station and they put me in the technical services department and I was like oh I want to be on screen and so I mean, they worked with me, but it was funny. They taught me all about the technical side of uh, news stations. So going into this major, and it kind of sounds to me like you kind of dabbled in the technical aspect and said, oh, this isn't for me. You never really thought about the technical side. You just thought of more the in front of the camera side, the writing side the you know the storytelling side is that kind of what inspired you to get into that field yeah so I didn't really want to be on screen anymore and but I love writing I love writing human interest stories I love interviewing people getting to know people and so you know that all ties into what I do now podcasting I mean basically I just talk to podcasters all day, learn about their goals and how to reach their goals and help them, you know, create a strategy around that. And so, yeah, I was never really interested in the technical side. I do enjoy podcast editing, which is, of course, what I said I started out in, but I much more enjoy the interviewing, getting to know people side of journalism. And you said that you were doing a podcast in college and... Did you like carry on doing a podcast? Do you have one for yourself now? Or is this just your focus on helping others? Yeah, so I did my podcast for about a year and my friend still does it now, but I moved to Seattle during that time. And so it was just kind of hard in the beginning. Now it's so easy to just virtually record, but I would say before the pandemic, it wasn't really that feasible you know, so now it's much more, much easier, but I am launching a podcast in the next coming months. It's going to be called Espresso Growth from Employee to Boss. So I've been interviewing some really cool entrepreneurs who started off in the corporate world, decided that that just wasn't for them. And then I talked to them about the steps that they take or have taken to start their own business. So other people who are interested in that field can also take those same steps and follow their path to success. And that kind of sounds a lot like the direction that I'm trying not only to go in personally, but also with this podcast. I know I've been going in that direction, talking to people like you who Mm -hmm. have successfully transitioned and have a successful business that they're running on their own. Now, are you just talking to or going to be talking to podcasters or is it going to be all different types of people? No. So I talk to all different industries. The main point of the podcast is, you know, we can learn so many things from different industries that maybe we don't even think about. I mean, as a 
podcast strategist, I just can't go look at business podcasts and learn everything. I have to go look at, you know, sports podcasts, lifestyle podcasts, you know, true crime podcasts to go see what they do to market. Because even though it's still a podcast, the way that they market is so different. I can go into that if you want like more details on like the different ways that, you know, people should market their show. But really, while it is all the same in like a big scheme of things, it's very different how each topic should really go into their marketing strategy. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think for me, just the opportunity to talk to all different types of people it's really inspiring and it really just you know it's enlightening it really makes you learn a lot about the world so I know that you haven't really of course you're already working with so many people I I'm sure you're getting that out of it as is yeah definitely I mean my clients, I usually work with business owners who have podcasts. So I do tend to stay in one niche, but that doesn't mean I can't teach other people or help other people. I mean, one of my business strategies is offering free audits to podcasters. And so I'll listen to their show and critique it. And I'm very honest on these calls because there's a reason they're coming to me that I know something's not working. And so from that, I basically go over three main steps with them and it's all a free call so it helps them out a lot and it helps me learn more about like podcasters issues podcasters goals so it's really like hand in hand helping each other so speaking of three topics that you hone in on uh it sounds to me just based on your website maybe it's the same thing editing strategy and marketing are kind of like your key uh focuses um and I'll stop talking over you so you can say more (laughs) no you're good yeah so I started off mainly just editing then I went more into the marketing and now I consider myself a podcast strategist and so of course, I can still do those other things. But really, if you don't have a strategy behind your podcast, no one is going to be able to find it. No one is going to be able to listen. And you're not going to be able to monetize it. That's just the bottom line. Like if you don't have a strategy, your podcast is not going to succeed. And I know that sounds harsh. But if you don't look at your goals and see where you want to be in the next couple of years in the next couple of months, and really put your marketing around that, it's not going to work out. Like you have to be on Instagram. You have to be on Facebook, you know, Twitter's hit or miss with some, some types of podcasts, but really Instagram is where I find the most success for my clients because that's where a lot of people who listen to podcasts hang out. And so having your whole marketing strategy, what you're going to post, when you're going to post. And I know Instagram is consistently changing which is funny, consistently changing, but it's literally always something new. I mean, now it's going to video rather than posts, rather than photos. So I've had to work with a lot of my clients to change around their strategies around that. So having someone like me helping with your podcast, I stay on top of all these things. And when something changes, I'm like, okay, it's time to change your strategy. Let's do something new. Just so we stay in front of it and There's tons of podcasts out there. There's like 2 million podcasts, I think, last time I looked. But that doesn't mean they're all active. That doesn't mean that they're all great. I mean, there's tons of podcasts out there who are just people recording on like an iPhone and (laughs) uploading to just different platforms. And they're just not really taking it seriously. So if you're taking your podcast seriously and you do want to monetize it, there is such a big field for that. While it is pretty saturated at this time, if you have a good podcast, it's going to stand out from all of the bad podcasts and mediocre podcasts. I mean, good podcasts are, I wouldn't say hard to come by because there are a lot of them, but podcasters who are really dedicated to their growth, that's what stands out. So you mentioned about doing a podcast from your phone. 
did I scare you initially when I was on my phone trying to figure out how we were going to record this? <laughs> no, definitely not. I mean, I listened to your show and it was great. So. Oh, awesome. Well, that's, that means a lot coming from somebody who's, uh, you know, doing what you're doing and, you know, not lumping me in the average category. I mean, you can tell me if it's average, we'll work on it. We'll, we'll do a series. No, no, I think it's really good. And I mean, there's always, so the three main ways that I help my clients, the three steps I take on these free audit calls that I offer. First up, we look at your visibility. So that has to do with your marketing, your Instagram, basically what it looks like. And a big question that I ask is, who's your audience and what do you want them to learn? And so I come from an outside perspective, right? So it's kind of hard to audit your own podcast because you're so dedicated to it. And so I come from an outside perspective. I'm like, okay, well, if you have a, let's say relationship podcast, and then I look at your Instagram and it's only photos of yourself doing random things that aren't, you know, you and your partner, you dating, like things like that. It just isn't cohesive. And so that's a big part that we look at visibility. And then also like, are you putting out videos? Are you putting out episodes each week? Like there's so many different working steps to it. Um, the next step is building trust. And then the last step is monetizing. So like working those three things together, that's what this audit is all about because like I said, it's hard to look at your own podcast and be like, am I doing this right? Well, when you mentioned Instagram as one of the main hubs for podcasters, that really kind of put a light bulb up in my head because while I've been posting and really, really consistent this year, I've not really been going outside the box too much. And that's not because I'm not a creative person. It's just that I like kind of pre-packaged all my graphics and all this stuff months ago to kind of make it like a little bit of a system. Because as I told you before, I up until next week, hopefully I'll have a little more time, but I just had no time to really think on the fly and, do things on the fly a little more and you talked about having a strategy and everything else and it's like I had a strategy coming into this summer it's like wow you know I can't believe I got to this point I have so many guests and now it's like okay now I gotta come up with something more like I gotta build on that and kind of building and maintaining like it's not a sprint it's a marathon and yeah. I think that's where maybe some people decide to fall off because it's work. You gotta keep working at it or hire people to do it for you, one or the other. Right. And the reality is now your podcast has to be more than just one episode once a week. Like people want to like the whole trust factor before someone gives you money. So I like I said, I usually work with businesses who like offer services or products before someone gives you money they want to trust you and so they can listen to your podcast but then they're going to want to go learn more about you and where are you going to send them probably instagram probably your social media and so that's why your social media plays such a big part in your podcast because you know if you go to someone's social media and they're only posting about new episodes and they're not adding value there's no reason for them to follow you. They could just subscribe to your podcast and <laughs> get those notifications every time a new episode comes out. And so you really have to be adding value to your audience between each episode. And speaking of adding value, who should make a podcast in the first place? Why should they do it? Yeah, so I actually just created a free quiz that I can send you the link to. But the people who should really be starting podcasts, of course, there's different podcasts like lifestyle. So if you just want to go on and, you know, do it for fun, that's totally fine. But the people who are really going to make money from it and want to add money to their business are really going to be coaches, service providers, 
and corporate businesses. And so this is just because this is where you will get that reach. You'll get a new audience. And so if you don't really fall into those business uh, categories, I'm not saying like other lifestyle sports, those things are completely different. I'm just talking about business right now. So let's say you're a virtual assistant or you are, yeah, let's just say you're a virtual assistant. Maybe a podcast isn't right for you because there's only so many virtual assistant um, topics that you are going to want to talk about, right? If it's something like how to follow, how to create like a MailChimp sequence, like, yeah, that'd be a good, that'd be a good episode because currently I need help with that. But, um, <laughs> you know, there's definitely, there's definitely space for that, but I feel like as a virtual assistant, it's so much more valuable to be a guest on podcasts. Just go use other people's audiences, get that reach rather than having your own podcast. So, you know, if you're not really sure if a podcast is right for you, I recommend just being a guest on at least 10 before you decide. So how I'm kind of asking a few questions I know the answer to, well, or at least in my mind, I do. But if I'm somebody, I have a niche and I really want to start a podcast and I want to have guests and I want to go all the way with it. How do I do that? Like, what do I need to get started? How do I find guests in the first place? Like, how, how do I become a guest? How do you do it? Yeah, so I have a freebie right now that is called The Perfect Podcast Pitch. And it's exactly the same pitch that I send out for the clients who hire me to get them on podcasts. And so, you know, if you're not ready to invest in someone helping you get on podcasts, there's definitely free services out there. I like to use Matchmaker. And so I can tell like the difference between hiring someone to pitch you to podcasts versus using a free service is definitely that personal connection. And then also more, you know, you don't want to spend time being on podcasts that aren't really going to help you out, especially if you're busy. And so, you know, finding those like specific podcasts, that's what, that's why you hire someone. But Matchmaker is a great one for someone who's just starting out. There are tons of podcasts on there. And it's just podcasts looking for guests. So it's literally people who are like raising their hand, ready for guests to be on your show. Now, if you're starting a podcast, you can 100% join a service like Matchmaker, or you can go on Facebook. There's groups that are just group uh, guest connections. And so I think it's literally called Podcast Guest Connections. When I was getting ready to launch my podcast, I made a post up there and I think I want to say I got over 200 people applying to be on my show. Wow. I was like, goodness gracious, that's going to take me weeks to get through. And so if you just want, there's like so many different ways. People aren't ready to start their podcast, so they want to be on yours. And so they're so excited when you put yourself out there and you're like, hey, I have a podcast and I need some guests. You should be my guest. I would say nine out of 10 times they are going to say yes. Wow, I think you're the first person I've talked to about that group. And we did meet in that group, by the way. Uh, You're the first person I've talked to about that group that made my number feel small. (laughs) I got about 40 or 50. I was like, holy smokes. Like, that's that's a lot. Like, I'm still working on that, uh, that post, which we're in July today. And we're doing this episode today right so that was like six seven months ago and so do you think you would only need a few weeks to go through the one or two hundred that you got or do you that it sounds to me like you would need a whole lot more time than that yeah what i did to um help me not lose my mind at that i have an assistant And so I went through and I looked at everyone's titles and kind of what they said they wanted to talk about and quickly just, this is why applications, as we all know, we've all applied to jobs, I'm assuming. Job applications, people just look really fast. And so that's why your pitch has to be super powerful because if I'm looking through 100 to 200 applications, I'm not gonna have time to read every single word. 
And so I just, you know, highlighted the ones that I wanted to talk to immediately and then had her contact them for me. And so once I get through those people, then I'm going to go back, look through it again and kind of do that process a couple of times until I get through everyone. Oh my goodness. I can't even imagine, but that's a good thing. Like I hope the next round, I know I need to do another round at some point. Maybe I will get a hundred and that will take me a whole year for sure. But uh, you mentioned about having a a virtual assistant. Mm -hmm. Do you need to have somebody working with you or for you right away? When do you make that decision to hire somebody? So I was in business for about a year before I hired a virtual assistant. Well, that's a lie. I once hired a virtual assistant and it was just a weird time where I was super busy and did not have time to train her. And so I was like, okay, it's taking me more time to train than it is to actually just do it myself. And so I then, when I was a little bit, you know, had everything more under control, then I brought someone on. She helps me five hours a week. So it's pretty limited, but um, I decided to hire her at a time that I knew I would have an extra hour to train. And so a quick tip that I do is, well, actually I found her in uh, like a, it was called Virtual Savvy. It's a Facebook group. And so again, I, I said I needed help with this and this and it had tons of applications. And so it was funny. She just messaged me at the right time when I was on my phone because I was looking through everyone. I was like, oh my God, I don't want to interview all these people. And so the second I saw her name pop up, I was like, sure, she's the one. And so obviously I looked at her and made sure she was like credible, but um, I use a program called Loom and it's free for five minute videos and it's just screen records and you get to do a little tutorial. So every time I need her to do a new task, all I do is I send her a Loom video of me doing that task so she could watch it however many times she needs. And so makes it super simple, super easy, because now I'm busier than when I hired her. But hiring her let me bring on more clients, help her grow my business. Um, one of the things that I do is I have a Facebook group. It's called Espresso Growth. And I had her reach out to every single person in my group to book a connect call every single person. And so I booked tons of calls from that, but that's personally something I would not prioritize for my own business. So that's why I do think it's beneficial to bring someone on when you are ready to grow. So speaking of growing, going back a little bit, what was like the, the most challenging thing about transitioning out of like corporate America I know you weren't in corporate America that long but what was like what were some of the challenges going from that into having your own business so when I moved to Seattle I had no idea I wanted to start my own business so one of the big struggles was where am I going to work I have a roommate my apartment is probably 700 square feet which isn't small but I have a roommate right so I put up my desk in my closet and I was absolutely losing my mind. It was my first winter, rainy winter, because I grew up in Vegas. And so just keeping myself motivated in that way was super difficult in the beginning. And so I was able just through like connections with my clients, all my clients, I have like great connections with, I don't want to work with anyone who I can't, you know, not be friends with, but like, actually like talk to like a normal person. I'm a very laid back person. And so I can't be, my clients can't be super uptight or anything like that. And so just being able to talk to them, learn from them because they're great resources. The people who hire you are great resources for you because they have a different skill set. That's why they hired you. And so the biggest problem that I was encountering was just staying motivated, being a solopreneur, working by myself all day long. And so networking groups are really good. That's one of the reasons I reach out to everyone in my Facebook group to connect with them. Because if I talk to them for 30 minutes in the middle of the day, I'm like, okay, cool. Talk to someone. (laughs) And for me, I'm going to actually be working from home for the first time ever. And that 
I know it's something that I'm worried about because I'm working in like a really social environment where it's like very open and everybody knows everybody's stuff and they can talk about whatever's going on at least when we're not uh, in the middle of outages or whatever. Right. So that is, are there any other ways or things that you do to keep your social sanity in check and can connect with people? Yeah, I would say it's really easy to just like sit all day and just do your work. And so when I had a business coach at the time, and so I'd be like, I'm losing it. Like, how do people do this? This was way back in the beginning. So one thing that works really well for me is getting up every hour or every two hours and going on a quick walk around my block. And so in the middle of this process, I was like, I'm home all day. I don't have anything going on other than work. I want to get a dog. And so I adopted a dog in April of this year. And so he's very late. He's more chill than me as a puppy. It's crazy. And so it's just nice having to like take him out and being able to take him to dog parks. And I'm a very social person. I can talk to anyone. And so just like being able to get out of the house, I would say is my number one tip, like find a reason to leave your house during the day. Yeah. I've already been trying to visualize what I'm going to do and how I'm going to get out of the house because I need some kind of motivation. So, Maybe a dog is in my future. I know my wife has been wanting a dog for years. So, hey, you never know. Maybe this is the time for it. I um, think so. And there's a, I'm, I don't know about anymore, but when I was first adopting him, there was a shortage at the shelters because everyone <laughs> during COVID was adopting dogs. And so it, it took a while to get him, but I love him. He's great. His name is Captain. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm glad that that's helping you to maintain, you know, just your sense of self and to get out. That's that's really great. So one thing I, I want to go back to from a few minutes ago, you said you had a coach at one point in time. Do you need people, connections, a coach in order to get to where you want to go and to monetize and to grow your podcast do you I mean you are in fact doing that already but you know did you need that in your life in order to get to where you are now so when I first started off I didn't have a coach and I didn't have one for a while but I wasn't really like fully in my business when I didn't have a coach and so I was like I don't know really how to get more clients. I might go back to the corporate world after COVID is over. And then I just connected with her in some Facebook group and we got on a call. We got on a couple calls actually. And I decided that that was the investment that I needed to make. And so I was super nervous because I've never made an investment in my business before prior to that, but it was well worth it. She was a mindset coach. And so my mindset around my business was just not there in the beginning. I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, when I started this, I'm 24 now. I was 23 then. I didn't know the first thing about owning my own business. And so she was super helpful in that aspect. And then currently I work with kind of like a lead generation um, money management coach type. I don't know. I, I, I She helps me with my lead generation mainly. And so I think it's awesome just because of new perspectives in your business. I think once my contract ends with her, I'll probably have a couple months where I don't have a coach just to see what it's like. Cause I haven't had one. I have always had one since I started my business and it's always helped. So, I mean, we'll see, but you don't, you don't need a coach, but personally I consider myself a podcast coach. I see the value that I bring to my clients. A lot of them are able to monetize like a month after hiring me just because they don't have a strategy in the beginning. They don't know what they're doing. And me, I know everything there is to know about podcasts. I know everything there is to know about podcast marketing. And so hiring a coach is really like the key to just your fast pass. 
you can figure it out on your own, but it's going to take you longer and it's not going to make you money as fast. And so even though it is an investment and I will not deny like spending money can be scary, but just like it's a fast path to success. You'll make that money back. You just have to put it down in the beginning and then, you know, panic for a minute and be like, is this going to work out? And then within a month, you'll see how worth it it is. And you'll be like, why did I not do this before? Well, how, how do you get past that mind block of I don't want to spend money? How did you do that? I really just had to do some like soul searching, honestly. So when I first talked to her, I was like, no, I don't think I really need a coach. And then I wasn't seeing my business growing. And she gave me so many ideas on how to make my business grow. And so I was like, oh, I can just do the ideas that she gave me. Then I sat down. And I was like, I don't want to do this on my own. I was like, I would have to do so many trainings just to figure out like how to figure out these, these tips that she gave me, which are tips that she already knew that she could teach me within an hour. And so I was like, yes, it is worth it to put this money down because the ideas she has, like the path that she has basically like laid out for me, I can get there myself, but it's going to be a slow struggle. And so that's kind of why I was inclined to make that investment. So now that you've had some success and you have kind of a foundation for your business and what you're doing at this point, what's next? What, what's your short and long-term uh, vision? Yeah, so right now I am obviously doing the free audit calls that I mentioned. And so just connecting with more podcasters. So my goal is to get more one-on-one podcast clients who I can help them get visible, make money, build trust, get themselves to position themselves as an expert. Kind of a longer goal that I have is creating courses. And so that's my next step. I'm going, because I know not everyone can invest right away into my programs. And so I'm coming out with a launch program, which is just everything that you need to know to launch your podcast. And then the next program that I am coming out with is a podcast marketing program. And so that's just all about how to market your show effectively and get you to where you need to be. And so I'll have more details about those coming up, but I'm expecting those to launch in the next month. Awesome. So you mentioned, I know we're kind of like skipping all over the place. Uh, You mentioned a little bit about marketing and I know marketing is something that is really hard unless you like major in marketing. It's like, who knows how to market? So (laughs) how did you learn how to market, like what are, what's, I know you don't want to give away everything on a podcast, but uh, how did, how did you get to where you're at with your own marketing strategy? Yeah, so you're right. Not everyone knows how to market. And the way that I learned was trial and error. And so I don't want to test things out on my clients' accounts. So that's why I took so much time before I started this marketing course, before I started this, uh, basically what I do now, I was just testing things out on my own accounts, seeing what worked, what didn't work. And so from that, that trial and error, I was able to pull from that and teach my clients what actually works because I don't want to hire someone who's going to test out strategies on me. So I don't want them to hire me if I didn't know what I was doing in the beginning. And so probably it's taken about six months, but I know what works now. Like I have tried everything. And so I know what works when it comes to marketing and just, you know, a couple of things is when it comes to hashtags, they're so important when it comes to reels. I know what people want to see. I know what makes people watch them for longer to get you more views and then when it comes to podcast marketing your episodes there's like so many different things that you can do but there's only certain things that you should be doing without like overwhelming your audience and so there's just so many like aspects to it that we can definitely get more into but it's kind of like a long explanation 
but like I said, it was just a lot of trial and error. And now I have 10 clients who I do this for. They all see success. They've all been able to monetize. One has been able to sign 10 one-on-one clients. And that may not sound like a ton, but her program is $10,000. And so literally right there, like that shows that the marketing strategy is paying off for itself. Wow. That's really amazing. That does sound like a lot to me. So I, to me, it sounds like you're definitely doing something and teaching something that pays off and that works, which is amazing. Yeah. And a lot of programs are tailored to people who are just launching their program or their podcast, but I can really jump into any situation where if they're launching, I can help them. But if they already have a podcast and haven't seen growth in like a year, that's really where I strive. That's really where I can look at what they're doing and tell them what to do next. Well, speaking of what people can do next, how can people find you on social media? And obviously your amazing website is just jam-packed with the information How can people work with you? Yeah, so you can find me. I'm mainly on Instagram. It's at Espresso Podcast Production. So E-S-P-R-E-S-S-O Podcast Production. You can also find my website, EspressoPodcastProduction.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, Haley Hayhurst, H-A-Y-L-E-I-G-H. I know it's spelled a little crazy. And so... Those are mainly the places that I hang out on. That's where you can contact me. And then to get all those freebies that I talked about, they're on my website. And then also to book your free strategy call, which would love to book that. um, It's just on my website. It's a free 30-minute call on there. Awesome. Well, I feel like this is such a loaded topic. (laughs) Excuse me. Oh, boy. That's good. Maybe I need some editing on that. Let me get back into what I was saying. I feel like this is such a loaded topic that we could probably go on and on. Is there anything that maybe we didn't get into that you really want to put out there before we end our episode and before I cough again? (laughs) Well, I can talk about podcast marketing all day, but what I really want to stress is you need a marketing strategy and you at least need to be on Instagram. Your podcast can't market itself. Podcasts, platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, there's rarely a way to stand out on there unless you reach the top 10 charts. That's why I said your podcast is much more than just one episode once a week. It has to be more. It has to be adding value on social media. Well, um, Based on my experiences with this podcast, I think that's really good advice because while I've seen personally some growth and I feel like I'm going in the right direction, I personally have not had as much time to be on Instagram as I have wanted and really on social media in general. So that I know is advice I'm going to take with me and Not that I haven't been thinking about it, but I mean, I'm definitely going to take what you're saying to heart and really try to pledge to put the effort in to really get myself out there a little bit more. Now that I'll have a little more time, I'm not commuting for three, four hours every day, which will hopefully make a huge difference. Yes, definitely. Yeah, well... I'm excited to see your podcast grow. And I hope that this episode was helpful to you, everything that I had to say. So I hope it's helpful to a lot of podcasters. I Yeah, I really hope that it's helpful to others as well as to myself. I know it was very informational for me, but obviously we're in the podcasting world. So a lot of people that are probably going to be hearing it even before entrepreneurs are podcasters so that to me the growth and the learning and the feedback and all those things it means so much to me because 
I am one of those people who would like to monetize and make this a more serious endeavor. So I, I really appreciate your time and your wisdom today. And this was really great for me. And I guess before we go, I just, again, not that you didn't say it already, but this was Haley Hayhurst, CEO and founder of Espresso Podcast Production. She's amazing. I follow her on Instagram, speaking of which, all the time. Great content. Her site is great. And I really also, before we sign off, just want to talk about this is obviously Mark My Words podcast. You can find it on iTunes, on Google. I have a YouTube channel. And this is also a project that's growing and I'm continuing to grow. We, I have a Instagram. I have two, actually. So my personal Instagram, Nimrod79, and feel free to follow me there. I also have Mark My Words 6, which is, couldn't make it Mark My Words flat out. I guess somebody had that. So you can find me there as well. And of course, my name is spelled M-A-R-C, which you wouldn't have found me if you didn't know how to spell my name, I guess. So you can find me there. Always can find me on LinkedIn. I love connecting on LinkedIn and having conversations there. And that is pretty much all she wrote for this episode. So again, thank you, Haley, for coming on. And I am Mark Schmidt. You just listened to Mark My Words. And I'll be back with a new episode really soon. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. <laughs>